Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always good to have you with us this time of day as we talk to great professionals in and around Butler County about issues that are important to you. Today we have Dr. Jason Gulliu with us, who we've talked to many, many, many times over many years. I don't know how long it's been, Dr. Jason. Uh, I've been doing this since, I think, oh four with the radio station. Yeah. I opened my practice in 2000, so like pretty pretty early on. It has been pretty early actually. on. But, but thanks for joining us again today. And, folks, if you want to listen to this, we do have this as our podcast, so all the different ways you can listen to the show, they still remain. They are still intact. So, Dr. Jason, we have a lot to talk about today, and uh, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about testing. So where do you want to go with that topic? Um, well, basically, like, the the public needs to know and um, just for just general information that the serological testing is widely available okay so let's talk about the immune system and understand what we're at what I'm what I'm talking about here okay so all the stuff you're hearing about the locking of tests I think because it's it's hard to confirm you know like information is spotty at best and we'll talk about what i mean by that and i think everybody listening understands what i mean seems like things are changing so quickly that you know one thing said then the next day it's different anyway so serological testing is when they draw your blood and you have a tube of it and they just they spin it down and then that's when you look for like igg or igm antibodies okay so this is an available test and the IgG, IgM are what show you if you have a more current exposure or I, that's IgM and IgG is one that would show you've had one for a while, you were, infe- you were infected before. Now, every lab I've read or talked to, because I've talked to like several this week, um, indicate that the IgG should be there for at least three to six years, okay? So if someone believes they were infected, even back, like, let's say, in January, because now data's coming out to show that the infections were around at least at that point. Like, that's been in the news in the past couple of days. Now, I believe that's something that everybody kind of suspected because of, like, the colds and everything that were going around. Now, that was... That was, like, put off by people, like, oh, no, couldn't have been, couldn't have been. But lo and behold, now we're seeing it. So, anyway, this would show you if you had an infection. And this is not the rapid test, meaning, like, basically, like, what they do, they take a drop of your butt and put it in a little piece of plastic, and it, like, it shows little um, bars. It's honestly, it looks like, like... Those those ones look like a little pregnancy test. I that's all I can. Every time I see that, I think about that. Um, and then it's not the nasal swab. Okay, the nasal swab is when they stick that swab up your nose and like jam it in the back of your um, sinuses. Um, so this is a IgG IgM blood test. And how it works is, you would call the office. I would put you into the system. I work with a company called Avexia Diagnostics, and that's like the contract I go through. Well, I actually work through a bunch of them, but this is one specifically for the COVID testing. And we use another company, Diagnostic Laboratories, that 
is like the one that drop ships the kit to the patient, okay, or the person. So you're put in the system. It gets drop shipped to you. It's like two days. That's what people have been getting it in two days. And then you go on the website or call them and set up a mobile phlebotomist. And basically, like, you know, it's like the old days of, a, you know, when you got life insurance, they would come to your house and do a blood draw. Yeah, yeah. So you, you have the kit, and they come to your house, and they do the draw. So, like, you have as many people with, like, each one kit per person. That's a question people always ask. It's, like, not, like, a bunch of per people in one single kit. Because um, what they have to do is they have to spin it down put it on the dry ice in there and then ship it off right away as soon as they're done with it that day. Um, but the, it's like I said, you know, they're, they have contract with six contracted with 6,000 mobile phlebotomists to get this done. So it's happening right now. If anybody's interested, um, you know, obviously like it takes a few days to get everything rolling, but you know, I mean, again, it's available and, and, you know, especially like the past couple of weeks have become more readily available. But, you know, if anybody wants to ask me about that, they can call the office 724-586-5858. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I can give much more detail. And again, and but a key here, but a key here all, too is between what people are hearing in the news and what you're explaining uh, yes, there there are many differences, and, and I get that, but this one would cost people money, and, and I just want to make sure people know that, because if they're prepared to pay for it, you know, they're prepared to pay for it, but if they're not, um, well, this one would cost money where, if I understand it, please correct me if I'm wrong, everything else we've been hearing in the news is about the government covering the cost of, of the other test. Yeah, but if you notice, they stopped doing that, the feds stopped doing that. Covering so yeah, the covering like, the tests or doing the tests? Yeah, they stopped doing them. I haven't. You haven't like. There's there's a few mobile stations like popping up, but the feds have like said they're not doing that anymore. Again, um, you're right though. Like the IgG IgM testing does cost because it's through private laboratories. So that's exactly that's true. Now, you know, there's a, there's a question of does insurance cover it? I don't know. Like if insurance covers this stuff or not. You know, like again, this is so rapid. You're so early on in it. Um, basically what I'm doing is I'm just, uh, I'm the, I'm, tr- I'm just kind of the middleman in this. So like, I'm the one that can prescribe it. So the charge for the kid is one ninety nine. that gets paid to Avexia basically from me. So essentially they already have my credit card on file. And when that kit gets drop shipped, I pay them. The patient just pays the office back for that. And, um, then you pay the mobile phlebotomist and that for a single draw is a hundred dollars and then fifty dollars per each person after so basically like yeah i mean it's 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 definitely a tested cost it's a it's a um it's the you know free market i guess like you know getting into the getting into the mix here but you know the reality of it is it is available for people if they want to know if they want to understand what's going on with them. Then, when they get because, their results, if 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 they were to have a positive uh, outcome with that, um, would they then take that to their PCP and go from there, or what? What's the process after they get this test? Yeah, it's pretty much up to them. I mean, basically, like if you have an IgG test, that indicates that you had 
the infection um, and pretty much you're clear. The IgM says it's a newer thing, so you, pretty much what your job is is to self-isolate, you know? I mean, if, if you look at how, like, any of this has been run, um, pretty much you're being told not to go to a hospital or to anybody if you only have mild symptoms. And so, like, that depends on your symptomatic picture, you know, like, and that would, and that would require, like, um, you know, I can, I can tell you what I've seen over the past month and what I've heard over the past month, like, because I've been, because I've been out there, I mean, I'm still, I'm still talking to people every single day and, like, you know, having interaction with people every single day, like, you know, and I'm, I'm talking more now than I think I've ever talked in my entire life because that's pretty much the primary thing I can do at this point, you know? Right. So from um, your viewpoint, what have you seen? I've seen basically people get essentially, like, told not to go, you know, like, no, we're not, we're, don't come out. And so, you know, obviously you have to, like, base this on symptomatic components. And, you know, I wouldn't be one to, like, minimize symptoms from, any kind of viral component and obviously like you know the COVID is the respiratory the respiratory aspect but you know what i've told people to do um is you know call your pcp and go from there and primarily like like i said what they've been told is if you're not ha if you're not symptomatic um don't do anything and stay home isolate yourself you know and so essentially the 14-day quarantine is what is is you know, understood after that. But I think what, what's going to have to happen, and this is just my opinion, which, I mean, everyone's full of them, I think. Um, I believe we're going to have to validate or show that, like, we have had immunity, like IgG immunity, to get back out again. Um, if you take any other viral test, and again, I'm talking like, you know, Cytomegalo or HHV6 or, you know, Epstein-Barr or whatever these are. Like, if you take any other viral, viral testing, um, IgG, immune, IgG data tells us we have an immune response to it and, we, and we've been exposed and we're immune. Now, they're, they're not necessarily throwing that out there to, to the application yet, but it doesn't – we have to follow, like, a logical, like, end to this. There has to be logical, like, rational thought that goes on. So, you know, you and I were talking just before about, you know, is this new this week, whatever. Um, we have to remember that this is the third corona issue to happen in the past two decades. So 2003, there was SARS, which was severe acute respiratory syndrome. 2012, we had Middle East respiratory syndrome. And now 2012, we have the COVID, well, I mean, 2020. 2020, sorry. yeah, mm, that's so, right. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the COVID-19. This isn't going away. These, this coronavirus, is, is, these things are now with us. You know, the, the SARS and the um, MERS, MERS, they may not have affected, the, you know, the states, but Toronto was crushed in 2003 by this, and no one seems to even remember any of that stuff. And then don't forget, in 2009, we had H1N1. And so... You know, these viral issues, as we're understanding them, this seems to be the new pattern. And so, you know, the reality of it is we need to gather some kind of data. Like, you know, 
again, if, if you're looking at understanding infection rates and infection components, you have to understand what the numbers are looking like. So, like, if you, if you remember, if you read anything this week, New York tested 3,000 people. 14% had positive antibodies. That means 14% of the 3,000 had exposure. Now, that was, like, asymptomatic people. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't, like, have symptoms. They never went into, like, this um, – they never went into the, to the respiratory distress. So if you extrapolate that out from 3.28 – 328 million people in this country, if you just do numbers – and, again, this is just throwing, like, theoretical numbers out there. And this, You know, the, the testing in New York is in theory. Okay, that's real. That happened. So – and again, look it up. Like it's it's available. Any of the stuff I'm telling you guys is like available to like research it. It's not like this isn't hidden. I just spend a lot of time like detailing it and figuring it out because I'm a number person. What you do, I like yeah. to understand statistics. Yeah. So anyway, that means if you take those numbers the whole way out, that means 46 million people in this country could have had could have positive antibodies to it. That changes every level of mortality rate and fatality rates we're looking at, okay? So, like, understanding that numbers matter a lot. Now, we need to be protective, but something that's really making me, like, bothered by this is that in Pennsylvania, and again, look it up, half of the deaths, over half of the deaths are coming in nursing homes or long, long-term care homes. That's the most vulnerable population that we're not protecting. Like, that's a stunning number if we start to look at this, you know? And then if you look at the hospitalizations, like, again, these are numbers coming out of all the studies out of New York, out of Italy, you name it. I mean, like, we've had enough data now to, like, start to look at numbers specifically, you know? And 48.7%, and again, these are all notes out of my yellow pad I, I wrote down over, over this past week. Our hospitalization, 48.7% of hospitalizations, the person was obese. Now, that is a controllable outcome. Like comorbidities. Now, comorbidities are things like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, you know, like those things. That in Italy, 75% of the people who had fatalities had three or more comorbidities, again, controllable, you know, like understanding that we can't sit here and be victims with this because I just told you that 2002, 2003, 2012, and now 2020, this is the past two decades. This is the third incident going on. And again, and again, like I said, that big flu epidemic, the H1N1. And so, I want to empower people in this. I don't want to like, this is, a, I'm not a fear guy. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, so I'm so full up on like fear that this is empowering. This is information that we can take and we can change and we can do better for ourselves. So you know, like, when you, when you say we do better for ourselves, does that mean increasing our immune system to fight against these things? The whole thing is immune. It's called immune resilience. Um, I talked to a pretty brilliant guy oh man i don't know friday i mean i like i said i i have access to like a ton of people and good people and just you know he's one of the guys that runs a lab called cyrex labs and you know his primary discussion is one of immune resilience 
and essentially understanding that if we have immune resilience, meaning that our immune system can start to like balance itself and understand, you know, when we have an exposure, it will process it and it will like make it do little harm or no harm. Or even if it hits us, it's something that won't take our lives. That's the job of it. But, you know, just for example, our gut microbiome, which is all the good gut bacteria, is completely related to our um, lung microbiome. Like, people don't know that we've got, you know, these things that are like good bacteria that are floating around in our lungs and our mouths and our sinuses. That's called our microbiome. That's not just in our GI system. Our, our lung microbiome, if it's damaged by air pollution, by poor diet, you know, by anything that does that, um, you're going to be more susceptible to a respiratory virus. Nine million people, and again, there's this is like not me saying this. There was a published study in Science in January of 2020, okay? Again, look it up, please. Nine million deaths per year should be due air, water, and soil pollution. There are 150,000 chemicals that are being used right now by big agriculture, you know, you name it, whatever. It doesn't matter who. Again, that's 9 million deaths due to air, water, and soil pollution. If you look at this, like the scattering of the primary um, areas where people are really having high mortality rates, there is a significant pollution issue. And this is like not something anybody's talking about. Like, big, big deal. You know, I mean, think about it. We have lung damage. We get exposed to respiratory virus. That's like a party for it. I was like, all right. You know, everybody needs to remember that I've been to China. Okay. So like one thing, here's the two things that I will tell you about China. Three things. It's crowded. It's polluted. And people smoke like the population of adults that smoke, I don't know the number, but from what I can tell you from what I saw, like with my own eyes, I would say it's 80%. So like recognizing that, again, do we choose to smoke or not? Yeah, we choose to smoke. Is it hard to quit? Probably. Like I've never done it. But that's a controllable outcome. Well, Dr. J, you know? if, if you're saying, and I understand what you're saying, you know, we have a polluted environment with, you know, water, soil, air, and, and I understand what you're saying there. So how do you keep your body clean even though we live in the environment that we do? You work hard at it. You know, you understand your metabolic and you understand your physiology. You know, you take time to sit down with someone like me. I don't care if it's me or not. And that's not my point. And you look at where your physiology is weak, and then you take steps to improve that. Like, that's the whole goal of functional medicine, the way that I practice it. You take somebody from scratch, and you sit down with them, and you take their history, and you understand them, and you may run different testing. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big lab testing guy. I like general lab data. But I have access to, like, hundreds of different styles of tests you can do and and you know and as far as cost they can go anywhere from like you know 50 bucks to a thousand so like understanding there's variations on if you can what a person can afford too you know like for example one of the biggest 
um, cells that we have to fight, you know, infections and cancer and viruses is called a natural killer cell. I can run that. It costs like 200 bucks. You can know your natural killer cell number and say like, "Uh oh, this is whoa. I need to start eating better and I need to start improving that because we know that phytochemicals and they're from plants improve immune resilience. There was a study done in Africa for HIV patients. Hang on, let me find out where it was done. I'll find it somewhere in here. Anyway, I don't know the exact number because I have a bunch of scribbles yeah, on here, but follow yeah. me on this. HIV in Africa um, kills like a lot of people. I mean, look at the numbers on it. You can look it up. It's insane how many people HIV still kills in Africa. But if you gave a population, a simple multivitamin, the mortality rates drop significantly enough to know that that multivitamin did it. Do you know what I mean by that? Like basically like understanding that it can be that simple. Here it is. Um, it was, it was defined under phytochemicals and immune modulation essentially is what we're talking about. And so basically if you simply give a, an HIV infected person a better diet and it's something as simple as a multivitamin without doing much else to see mortality rates drop. Now that's without doing anything else in the physiology. Okay. So like recognizing there's a lot of control and again, phytochemicals, that means plants, that means real food, that means food that doesn't come out of a box. That means food that's grown in like the field and like a local farmer's field. And you can do that. You know, we're getting into the, you know, I know that we're still not allowed out and stuff like that, but, you know, the markets are still open and you can still buy fresh produce, you know, but those are like the simple steps you take. But again, you know, maybe even if it isn't simple, like, you know, what's better being a victim or like taking, like taking this head on, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a full believer in like, you know, when you're presented with some kind of an issue or problem that like that you hit it and you take it on. And I mean, that's just my personality. Like, you know, when I was presented with this challenge of like, you know, having to like, you know, change the office stuff, you know, I was upset. I think everybody was right. I mean, everybody's upset by this and frustrated, but you know, that upset has to turn into something. And so like, let's turn that, let's turn that into like action. You know, I mean, we, I just, I am not, I just, I can't stand like, you know, sitting around and like I said, like trying to be a victim, understanding like what the numbers tell us is that, you know, um, Dr. Jeff Bland actually wrote a paper that he got skewered on because basically people didn't like it, but he talked about uh, COVID-19 as being essentially a lifestyle disease. And what that meant was, he looked at all the factors that go into someone having an issue with it. And a lot of them are lifestyle choices on it. Now I'm not being critical of anybody's choices. I don't, I, that doesn't, that's not my point. My point is now knowing that if you want to make changes, you can't make them, you know, well, so Dr. Like I said, Jay, remember that. Let me go back to something what? that you said with the immune system and antibodies. Does your, by, by putting in to your system the better, we'll just say items, food, water, you know, drinks, things like that. 
um, and exercising and being able to maintain your health. Does your body make more antibodies or do you have a certain number of antibodies in your system and that's it to create a stronger immune system? Yeah, antibodies don't work like that. Like antibodies are something that are or, or, or put together in response to, well, hang on, let me, let me, that's a good question, but the antibodies we're talking about for the testing are only going to be positive if you had exposure to the virus, whatever that virus is. Okay, like, you know, like, let's take a Lyme disease patient. You know, unless you have Lyme disease, you will not test positive on the Western block for the IgG, IgM antibody. However, you do have this, stuff in you called IgA, it's called secretory IgA. Now that's the antibody that your body will produce a lot more of when you um, are healthy. And that is the first line of defense. So if you look up secretory IgA, now a cool test that Cyrex does, I really, really like it a lot. And it's a, it's a, it's a salivary test. So basically like you spit into a tube. Um, it's called an immune assay, and that's why I was talking to Vijani because I wanted to like get you know make sure I was you know looking at his data the proper way because you know he's the guy that made the test, well with a couple other people, so that'll let you know exactly what your immune system looks like from what's called the mucosal standpoint. Okay, so your secretory IgA like zonulin and you know a whole bunch of other things that no one's probably ever heard of that are like probably the most vital thing you could ever imagine for like healing. So you have all these hidden things that are going on even in our mucosal membrane. And what a mucosa is, is basically like, you know, the lining of your nose, mouth, and your GI system. And basically what that's job is, that's job, the job is to when it's, when something like the coronavirus attaches to it or any other respiratory virus that attaches to it, it then recognizes it and sends the cavalry. Now, one of the big problems with, you know, the comorbidity issue is your immune system is broken. Well, because, you know, we've broken it. And what it does is it sends too much. And that's this whole, like, discussion of the cytokine storm. Okay? Now, I've tested cytokine numbers for years now. And I look at them in people who have chronic illness. So it's not just an acute illness that you can have cytokines become problematic. So basically, you know, all of my cytokine positive patients that I'm treating now, like I told them they've got to be, you know, extremely careful because if they get infected, they're already like their, their cytokines are already going haywire. They'll go more haywire. And that's when you have like a mortality component going on. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, I, again, like I, I've tested natural killer cells and cytokines and SIG A for like, you know, the past two decades of my career. Like I know this stuff backwards and forwards. It's just, this is all of a sudden becoming like now the national like narrative because of this, but this is not, this isn't necessarily new stuff. This is just new stuff to people because they're finally, they're, they're finally hearing about it. You know, this has been around, like, this testing has been around for a long time. I'm not, I'm not talking about the COVID, current COVID testing. I'm talking about just the understanding of immune functionality. And, you know, it's, it's, it's done on a regular basis in offices like mine. So I think we're, like, really low on time now, aren't we? Yeah, we have just about two minutes. That's about it. <laughs> okay. 
All right, so let's let's talk about this. Uh, my office number is 724-586-5858. I am not promising one level of cure for COVID-19. That's ridiculous. I can, no one can say that. You know, there is no cure for this. You know, the, the best defense is an immune system that does its job. That's your cure. That's what the body does. That's what the body's designed to do. If you are in these, like, populations that are vulnerable, stay in. Stay away from people because that's your first line of defense right now. When this is over, that's when you get yourself kicked in the gear and, like, really start to tear into getting yourself healthy, you know? Age is a comorbidity, but even in the age, you know, we can still work around all those other issues, you know? Like, don't forget just because someone who's, like, older doesn't mean they can't like stabilize their healing and their physiology you know just remember there's a lot of hope and i know this is frustrating and i know this like just you know it, it does it sucks and it's scary and but maybe what you want to do now is take like take this and just start like knowing you can do better because again this is our pattern now it's just, it, it is, it, this is how it is, you know? And like, no, I don't like, I like this less than probably most anybody else does. Like, because I like to see people in a regular version and I love my patients and I miss them. And, you know, like thinking about this last night, how much I miss talking to like, even this, the general like patient, like who comes in just for a treatment, you know? Yeah. So we're all missing it. You're missing it. I don't know who you are because you're at home right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm, so. <laughs> I'm remote. <laughs> right. So everything so, is know, just well, a little odd. Yeah, absolutely. It is a little odd. But, it is. But, you know, like, I, I, there is hope. And, like, you know, seriously, I mean, I'm still doing Zoom contacts. I'm doing those a lot. So, like, I can set those up. We can talk, whatever. Just, you know, just it's going to be okay. It just has to be okay when we, like, understand that we have a lot of control and we can take control. Um. So anyway, no, Dr. Jason, I appreciate you being here and and you're always full of of knowledge. And so I enjoy hearing you talk. So thanks very much for for being on today. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Dr. Jason Gullio, of course, of course, he can do a Zoom meeting with you if you want. So give him a call and you can go from there. Uh, For now, we are out of time. But thank you very much for joining us for Let's Talk. You can get this on our website at WISR680.com. And you can listen to this as the podcast of the day. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.